2: Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free In terms apply. See McDonald's.com.
0: This podcast is proud to be part of the
2: Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans. Danilo's free. And he goes to get Danilo! First time we've seen them attack them, and this are
0: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Red Sider Trent, where we come to you shortly after Nottingham Forest's abysmal, abject, appalling 5-0 defeat away at Fulham in the Premier League, which even saying those words out loud is quite staggering, really. Um, I'm joined by Reese Lane and Lee Clark today. We would have Adam Wicklow, but unfortunately he's been um, stuck at work, shall we say. So he'll hopefully be the next one. But, um, yeah, I guess <laughs> we'll start, Reese, We'll start with the team. I mean, much like the Everton one, when we went through that, just trying to rattle through this as quickly as possible, which will never take an hour <laughs> to go from there. But, Reese, the start with the team. So, five changes. Um, Divock came in to lead the line So Chris Woods. Uh, Dominguez came back in for Yates. Hudson-Doy came in for Gibbs-White, which was a very bold call. Felipe started for Bolly and had captain captain's And Ina came in for Aurier. On the face of it, what did you think of that team? Because I suppose it was maybe more balanced without Gibbs-White, but equally, you're missing your most creative player. Yeah, I mean, when I saw the team, I
3: was happy to see Origi get a chance. Um, <laughs> he didn't do much, but I thought he offered more in the first five minutes than Chris Wood did in the 90 against um, Everton. I mean, it's it's now come out that would sustain an injury in that game so I've no idea why he's not been brought off on Saturday but you know that's a different discussion. Um, you know the midfield three where we spoke about a few weeks ago was looking pretty solid that was back together but as we you know as we'll move on to that was a disaster. Um, you know change I-, I called for Felipe to be back in the team because he is somebody who does give you a bit of buy and for the the time I did watch it, I actually thought he was probably the only one willing to put a challenge in at times. Um, but, you know, we've spoke about this in his group. Fifth different captain of the season, which is ridiculous. Ninth, I think it was, was it? Different centre back partnership, which we've not really been decimated with injuries, I'd say, at the back, would we, really? So to have them type of numbers is alarming. I think he's saying it, it does, to defer to Steve, he's trying to just get some mud into him, chuck it at the wall and hope it sticks. And But to be fair, when I saw the team, I was like, yeah, fair enough. You know, he's given a few other players a go. He's gone back to that midfield freezer as I just mentioned. Felipe back in the team. You know, Olerana has been pretty decent over the season. But, I mean, he had a disastrous night. And, yeah, it just turned out to be a disaster, didn't it, really? I mean, I, mean, I only watched... probably 15 minutes to the second half I mean I'm not sure if Gibbs White come on and that offered anything but by that time the game was dead and buried wasn't it and it was like exhibition football for what I've just seen from the highlights
0: pretty much yeah I mean um, obviously Marinakis had a very similar thought process that long after going by the uh, pass found in some random West London hedge but
3: I mean, well, no. when we're an hour in and their fans are Olay and at three and a lot of power's like, I'm not watching this. I, I, you yeah, know, people, there I will be people you. who say, oh, you should support your team to end and, you know, I'm Forest till I die. But Jesus, I mean, or laying after six, an hour, you know, I was just like, this is just painful to watch. And to be honest, I thought, shall I stick Manu Chelsea and I thought, shall I stick Villa City And I thought, you know what, I've had enough of football, so I just basically moped myself to... Um, to bed and sat and followed the score and obviously seen the fourth and fifth going So, yeah, not a good night, was it?
0: It was not a good night at all. But, Lee, it, it actually started off all right. I mean, this is this is what makes this all the more like, confounding, really, that, you know, that, that we, <laughs> brand new word for you there, that we, um, you know, conceded five goals because the first half an hour was actually all right. Like, Forrest looked... Steady. They were, they were they were switching the ball from side to side. Well, they were keeping the ball well. They, had, they went quite high line. We more and off we forced Fulham back into their half quite a lot. The only thing was we didn't really have a lack of penetration. Such we weren't like you know, we could bomb the Marillo ball. There wasn't really anything that sort of suggested we're going to get through. But it was a massive improvement on Saturday up until uh, Sangare loses the ball because he has no one to pass to. And then Felipe dives in, which he didn't need to do. And then it's just, yeah, I'll let you take away the first goal because that was just a catalogue of errors from so many departments. Yeah, I mean,
4: Reese has just alluded to it to be fair, but there's no cohesion and there's not going to be any cohesion when you keep making four or five changes every single game. Um, I just think it was so ironic that... The day after we found out that, well, I mean, the Athletic's usually a pretty reliable source. Obviously, they did the report saying that Cooper feels that Sangare is going to benefit adapting to life in England, playing in a box-to-box role rather than the defensive midfield role that made him so sought after at PSV. So, I mean, that's just absurd for me. I think if you're buying a player for £30 million quid, you, you expect him to come in and play in his his natural position. And I think what was really telling yesterday was that the one game that he chooses to drop Gibbs White, if Gibbs White had been on the pitch there, he'd have been showing for that ball. I'm not, that's not me sticking up at all costs for Sangore. It was still a... It needs clipping somewhere. It, it doesn't need passing along the floor straight to a, a midfielder who can and you know can turn defence into attack pretty quickly. But we're not going to have players who understand what... If you've got a Gibbs White on the pitch there, he'll understand that Sangore is perhaps not quite as comfortable with the ball at feet in that area of the pitch. You look at the West Ham game, As soon as Sangori got it, Gibbs-White had gone. He knew that he wanted to get rid of it pretty quickly and he'd gone and that created our first goal. Um, Again, I'll I'll bang the drum all day long on this podcast for Gibbs-White starting. I think anyone who thinks the notion of Gibbs-White being benched is going to benefit this football team is, frankly, deluded. Um, I'm not saying that when he... I mean, you get the usual comments, don't you? Oh, he came on and we still did nothing. We're 2-0 down. The game's gone. The, The fans are... The fans are singing their hearts out for Cooper because, um, you know, they think it's going to be the last time that they get to do it. But I don't know. There's just no, there's not going to be any patterns. And one one of the tweets that I did really like last night when I was watching the game was, um, there's, no, there's no pattern to our play. There's no cohesion. There's no... Players don't know who's doing what. And when you're making four or five changes every single game, that's not going to be... You look at our promotion-winning team, I know we, it, it seems a common thing for Forest fans to do at the minute, doesn't it? And we, I don't want to become like too stuck in the past with it. But you look at the cohesion in that team, even if a player came in, even if like a Surridge had to come in to replace Davis, they, they knew their roles and they knew what their teammates would be doing. When you're making four or five changes every every game in this league, you're just going to get caught out. It's going to be It's going to be so disjointed and... I think that showed last night. I think the first goal was just an absolute disaster. It's just so easy. I mean, when do we ever get a goal given to us that easy? Um, I don't know. I just feel like it's gone. It's got to the point where Charity FC has rolled into town every single game, and we have to really work our knackers off. I hope knackers in not swearing. Uh, really work our knackers off to you know score a goal at the minute. It's just it's so so frustrating and. The one thing that I thought we were going to do after the first half an hour was actually sit in and make it difficult for them. There was a pass from Robinson that went straight out for a a goal kick and there was lots of moans and groans that Fulham fans don't make much noise at the best of times, but on the TV, it certainly came through that they weren't particularly happy. And then within three or four minutes, we've gifted them the first goal. Of course, three or four minutes later, there's another goal because that's what Forrest do in the Prem. So just really, really frustrating. Um, I'll leave it at that for now because I don't want it to turn into a bit of a rant.
0: No, it is frustrating. I think what makes it worse is that, like, as you obviously, just t- ended on then. Even despite the fact we went a goal down, I was like, you know what, we're still in this game. It's a bit of a, it's a bit of a sucker punch that. But you know, because I, I felt that at that point in time, we had just about it's a pretty even game. But I felt that we were growing in the quite a bit. You know, we had the ball more often than not, and they did. They hit us on one count and scored effectively at that moment in time. But Reese, as soon as that goal went in, it was just like, all right, seven men. Like, if that. Like the space Fulham were finding, it was just a joke, and literally Murillo, probably an attempt to try and get us up the pitch because there was no one else trying to do it. And much like at Liverpool, run, runs forward, gets caught on the ball, and it's just like the you know, parting of the Red Sea, pretty much for a second goal.
3: Yeah, I mean, Andres Pereira is literally calling for it, in acres of space for probably a good three to five seconds before it's actually passed to him, and by that time he's just, he's kind of is it by Felipe? He's like poked it by, and it, it is a. A decent finish from him, and as because they're very easy to sky, because it had just bobbled a tiny bit, so he could have easily smashed that toe. But he's he's put it right into the roof of the net. And I think it was saying on the Amazon coms, this is a guy who scored one in thirty six. I think it is. Well, he's got two against us last night, including one where he's back heeled it into the net. I mean that that just summed it up, didn't it? Really. And I mean, I've just watched the highlights again for me, since because we've got to do this podcast. But you know, the lack of when a goal goes in, the lack of anybody saying anything from our team, everyone just turns around and it's heads down. And there's there's no accountability, there's no passion from anybody. Like, look, lads, what what what's going on here? And I just look at them and it just look they just look on the last two games a divided dressing room for me. Um I mean we said had a laugh and a joke didn't we before um, we started the podcast where we didn't think they could play any worse than they did on Saturday. Well they they definitely did last night. I mean, I didn't think they could, but they've achieved that to be fair to me. It, it was just heads down, heads chin, chins in the chest, one tip. And it just looks confidence morale just looks on the floor. And it was no surprise to me to prefer that we completely capitulated again. Um yeah, I mean I feel for you Christian I know some others who went last night I generally feel for the fans that travelled because you're talking where you know like the level of refunding type of stuff aren't you because it was that bad that's that you know London's a horrible place to get in and around so to do it on a Tuesday night and what was it probably two and a half thousand in the freezing cold coming up to Christmas to be served up that yeah it was it was disgraceful to be honest
0: yeah it was very bad I mean like I was saying to you before, uh, we started recording, I've been watching Forest since 1999, so obviously I've you know, been through the mill and Finn and Finn and Morphin and obviously League One and Championship, that's as bad as I can remember us ever playing. Like I, I I, was there when we lost 3-0 at Gillingham, I was there when we lost 3-0 at Walsall, I, you know, I remember losing 3-0 at home at Plymouth with Megson, the season we got relegated from the Championship, Dexter Blackstock scoring. You know, I've, I've seen some very, very like bad lows, but that was worse than all of them. Like even last season, you know, I was there when we lost 6-0 at City. But then you, you could you could sort of that was more down to naivety or, you know, it wasn't for a lack of trying or anything like that. You no, know, you can excuse a team losing, even losing heavily, if they put a shift in. If they you know, if they're coming off the, the pitch with like, you know, their shirts are drenched in sweat, you can tell they've ran, you can tell they've really worked, and they've just been beaten by a better side. You go, you know what, fair enough. It's frustrating straight we've lost, we haven't got the player quality, but you can't fault them for trying. You couldn't even do that yesterday. Like, it was, uh, I couldn't, but I don't think I've ever seen it before where a team just completely just shut off playing just after the slightest inconvenience. It's, you know, appallingly weak mentality. And what makes it worse, Lee, is that, you know, I don't know if, it, if the Amazon cameras picked this up, but at half-time, uh, Sangare and Mangala has to be pulled away from each other. Like, because all the team put together with a little bit of a squabble. And then they're both like pulled away from each other and pushed apart. I was like, they showed more fight then they did in the entire first half. And it's just like, you know, where was that on the pitch, boys? And then lo and behold, Sangare and Dominguez get subbed off at half time. Gibbs White finally comes on, as does Yates. Um, we go back to a 4 3 1. And just, it's just another case of Cooper trying something and it not working because we just got completely overrun in midfield and to the point where we're just chasing shadows for the entire half. And then, not long after, we concede. And I'm sorry to say, it, Ina and Felipe. It's embarrassing. Felipe just stops running completely. And how Ina gets like bumped off like that by him and a joke. Oh, yeah. I mean,
4: Ina's done a lot of good since he come, hasn't he? But he's, I think, I think defensively, that's why we got him for free. Um, I mean, it's it's a bit of a conundrum at fullback because. I mean, Oriya didn't look particularly good on Saturday, did he? He's not looked particularly good all season. He's gone completely full circle, to be honest, from last season. Um, so yeah, it's it's it, like you say. I, I think this, the Amazon cameras did pick up um, a bit of a, a bit of commotion, but it, they didn't really see that it was um, that that's what what it was that was happening. It was just like a group of players had come together. Um, so yeah I was just thinking actually while Reese was talking I, I'm almost at the the stage where I'd quite like two players to have a bit of a squabble on the pitch um So the fact they waited until time is even more mental. But um, it's the same with, like, I know it's old-fashioned and I probably sound like my dad or my granddad here. But, you know, when a team's losing, it's like the games I go and ref. When a team's losing, I can guarantee, I can guarantee, right, you'll get cautioned in 10 minutes. You'll get cautioned in 15 minutes and you'll get cautioned in 20 minutes. You can pick three players out because they're that gutted they're losing. They'll just go through someone, take a caution. At least it makes it look like they give a toss. I mean... I mean to be fair looking at the the caution that the ref missed last night when Alanga was put into the front row I don't I think you would have had, we would have had to go some to get three yellow cards last night um but where's where's the crunching tackle that you kind of you sit in the stands and just wince at because you think oh dear but with 3-0 down and do you know what I will give you some credit for that you look like you give a toss now it, again it it counts for little in the grand scheme of things it don't get your points on the table or anything like that but it it does show you at least that the mentality is that we've got players in the dressing room that give a toss and we just don't look like we have, um, sadly. Um yeah, I think that kind of answer. It's like we I think we touched upon it as well with before we came on um on the other side as well. I mean, Tavares must be horrendous in training. I mean he's he's not even has he even started a game? I think he started at City actually, right. didn't he? Oh he might have done, yeah. Would, I think he but... started at City and got injured after about ten minutes, didn't he? That sounds that right, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, you can't judge one player after one start. He must be horrendous in training. What? Why have we signed him? And you know what? I stuck up for the club a lot on this podcast last year because Cooper always maintains that he's heavily involved in transfers. Well, we've got three or four transfers this year that you can clearly say that he's not signed: Montiel, Tavares, Santos. What? I, I just don't get it. They're not Origi, bad
3: players.
4: Origi, another one Origi, another one yeah I mean I just don't get it we, we're struggling to score we're struggling to, to keep them out at the other end we've got a player who was pretty good in in the French top flight last year and a World Cup winner and we're playing Harry Toffolo and Ola Ier that's nothing against those two players but why are they not even getting in match day squads they're the questions that local media needs to be asking they are the questions that we don't need to we don't need to hear. On the radio after games, what Steve Cooper plans on doing next, how much he loves the club. Of course he loves the club. He looks heartbroken, bless him. It's it's, it's clearly affecting his mental health, this, this current slump at Forest. What we want to know, and I'm sure it'll all come out in the wash when he does sadly leave, we want to know who's, who's buying these players, who's getting the players in and why aren't they playing. Um, it's strange. It, I just find it a very strange not just that they're being signed, but you'd think if players like that are being signed and not being played, someone would be saying, actually, you need to play them. But Cooper, to be fair to him, isn't. So, it, I just find the whole situation very, very messy at the moment. Um, Certainly much more so than it was this time 12 months ago.
0: But Yeah, definitely. It does seem to be more of a disconnect this year than last year. Last year, at least, when we were losing games, you could still sort of see there was a lot of togetherness and spirit there. This year just doesn't seem to be the case at all. I mean, I mean, recently I know you probably stopped watching at this point, and this is the moment Marinakis walked out as well with the fourth goal. I mean, talk about not learning from your mistakes. I appreciate you, you've got basically going off the highlights now, but like very similar to the Jao Pedro header against Brighton, the whole back line, the routine crossman from the right, just completely shuffled over across, left someone completely unmarked in the back six. It was a Wobie, wasn't it? Um, yeah, and then just get, basically giving him an open goal. I mean. Uh, uh, what are they doing in training? Honestly, what are they doing in training? Sort of
3: like... You know, I've watched the they've given up, mate, by that point. You can see there's nobody closing down. There's nobody willing to follow a runner. There's just a lack of effort. And it's just literally a ball's come across, a so wobey's unmarked, and he's just slotted it in. And all it is then is just all the team just turns around and looks towards the halfway line. There's nobody saying, you know, like I said in my last point, what the hell's going on? There's no leadership. It's just. Literally nothing. They've completely given up by that time, by that point. And just to touch on like your your league conversation then, it's kind of coming to a head, really, that this scattergun recruitment, because you've got players who, obviously, I think Cooper wanted. These players who have been recommended by Sirianas from the likes of the Bundesliga, who, to be fair, I think have relatively been decent for us. And then you're probably getting the players who, you know, the likes of Maranakis Jr. are recommending the people who Lee's just mentioned, the likes of Montiau, yeah, a bit of a vanity signing because he's a World Cup winner. Um, Tavares, Origi's been round the block ante, but, you know, his goal record's not very good. It's clear that Cooper doesn't it doesn't rate him for us because, you know, like I said earlier, Chris Wood was injured apparently sat he's still playing and really got 10 minutes. Santos has been brought in, he's not been seen and these players, I've just having a look for them, or they've kind of been given the odd few minutes here and there. Then they've drifted to the bench, and when it's and then the likes of Santos, Montiel, Tavares are completely out of squad. You know, you're now getting reports today from media outlets. Joe Walls not training among, on himself. Scott McKenna's training it along himself. And last season, you kind of felt Cooper kept it all together because there was that kind of core from the championship. Now there'll always be was this ex player good enough or not? But you had like the likes of Warrell, McKenna, Yeats, Brennan Johnson, Jack colback And now it's kind of this complete new squad where I look there's no leaders in it really. And it and it just it just looks completely divided to me. And you know, it just looked like a team of strangers, didn't it, last night? Like they'd never played together with one another. And yeah, I'm I'm I mean to be honest, if I was going to be completely honest, and I will be honest on this podcast, if the turnaround wasn't so short, I think we'd we'd be looking for a new manager now. Um, I think he's. Do I say, no, do I say, yeah. do I say he's fortunate in that sense? But I think if it was with a have lost Saturday, the next game would say next Saturday. I think I think he would have been relieved of his duties, which is really sad because, you know, I listened to his um, post match last night, and he spoke from the heart. He was a. He's usually quite mild-mannered into Steve and you could see it meant, you know, he was a bit more hearty last night. And I, I did, I felt for him. He's not helped himself, of course he hasn't, but the players let the club and the fans down last night, especially the fans, because like I said again in my last comment, you know, people's paid good money and travelled to London, which is a, an awful journey I know as a courier. So, yeah, it was, it was just, yeah, it's just not good enough, completely unacceptable. Just, just to touch on that point,
4: just before we move on, I actually think that probably suggests... I know we, I know there's a certain section of supporters that like to use anything and everything to beat the, the ownership of the club with, but I actually think that this little situation and the fact that we've gone on another winless run that's stretched over a double-figure amount of games since we got to the Premier League, the, the ownership are desperate for this to work with Steve Cooper, I think. And I think... They're absolutely convinced that by sacking him, they are going to take a massive risk, and I do think that in that sense, I'll probably get a pelts for this. But I actually do think, in that sense, they've got the best interests of the football club, and it being a Premier League one, um, in their heart. Because otherwise, like we said, they'd have done it by now and just appointed any any old Tom Nick or you Harry. Could, you, they? you
3: can't you can't say they would not backed him because they have you know spent exactly. a lot a lot of money, but the you know, look at Chelsea have spent a billion pounds. It's still not cohesive. It's about, you've got to have joint-up recruitment and if somebody's pulling in one direction, someone's pulling in another and you've got, you know, you've got with respect, a World Cup winner who's come to us, we're, we're sat, was it, 16th in the league. Do you think he's not going to be on the, on the phone to his agent? like, why am I not playing here? A guy who's still contracted to Arsenal playing, I'm guessing he would have been playing European football with Marseille last season. Rigi who's been at Liverpool and AC Milan. These players have been at big clubs. They're going to be on their phone to their agent, whinging why they're not playing. And and it's a dressing room can get easily divided by that. And it, it's clear to see for me, I'm afraid, Um I mean, we're kind of, I mean, in my opinion, we're kind of asking for a miracle to be turned around Saturday unless there's been some drastic clear the air talks with the owner and the playing squad today because it just looked an absolute mess, didn't it?
0: Yeah, so there's also, I mean, if we talk about like dressing room fractions, um, like faction, for example, I mean, <laughs> look at what's come out today. I mean, we'll come up, cover it, cover it in more depth recently. You know, it's obviously for those unaware. Uh, Daily Mail and Telegraph have released or the Daily Mail first, said that Joe Worrell and Scott McKenna have been banished from training. That was the terminology banished. And then John Percy followed up saying Worrell's been training with them for three weeks. McKenna's because of a contract dispute. So, and then um, is it without wanting to sort of like be drawn in for libel, is it um, any real surprise that the Mail gets an exclusive of Joe Worrell at the start of October and suddenly get this as an exclusive? Probably not. You know, yeah, if, like I like, say, like, but that's your club captain, if he's yeah. leaking that. Let's say, obviously, we don't know if he has. It's all hypothetical, of course, but that's your club captain. If he's doing that, then,
3: like <laughs> I say, of players, course the dressing players, room's gone. Players
0: speak to agents, and agents,
3: and that leak stuff to the media. That's football. You know, it's not ideal, and it, like you just said, because it comes on the back of a terrible loss. It's now been if that report is to be believed. Warrell's been away from the team for three weeks, but it gets leaked when basically the manager's on the verge of getting sacked after a horrendous loss. You know, I find that strange as well that he's still the club captain yet he's training on his own apparently for three weeks. Surely he should be stripped to the captaincy then if if that's the case. But think, you know, yeah. who, who, who do you put as captain? Because I don't just I don't see anyone suitable for the role to be honest. Um it is very Roiky mentality to go back to Lee's um, you know, uh, just smash somebody just to make me feel bad. That's what kind of it needed to be like, but I, I don't know, mate. Honestly,
0: I think um going back to the game, the lack of leadership was perhaps um, highlighted indefinitely for the fifth goal where um Ryan Yates, vice captain, who ironically took the iron bands off Felipe at half time, which I found very weird. Like, surely, if you start the game as captain and the vice comes on, i you Know that, that seemed very strange to me. Yeah, but, uh,
3: no, thinking, of, I think Felipe would have probably given it him back, I can imagine. To be honest, yeah,
0: I get, yeah, it is, it is just weird, is not it? Like, mm-hmm. you know, this yeah. is someone who's been like, you know, one yeah. Spanish League title, Champions League, a final, etc. And then there you go, mate. Come on. The,
3: the school of Simeone, I'm not going to swear, but the B words, <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, and um, I mean, just heading towards his own goal, um, ignores the center backs, gets caught in possession. Bang, Tom Kennedy scores against his boyhood club. Um, I mean, what a mess About What else. What a mess, yeah. I mean, oh,
4: don't know, not allowed. To, we're not allowed to call him, are we? Um, yeah, it was just a mess. He wasn't the only one last night. I mean, it's is interesting, isn't it? Sangari for the first goal. If I see the three words not good enough after one mistake again on Twitter. For Christ's sake. I mean, come on. One mistake doesn't mean you're not good enough. Three or four games doesn't mean you're not good enough. It's, oh, it winds me up. Um But yeah, it was a bad mistake. He did it on a night where loads, well, all of them are off colour. So, I mean, yeah, what can you do? I mean, this is the player that we've been pining for, that we need in the team because he provides a lot of energy, a lot of tenacity, a lot of passion, shall we say. Um, Yeah is what it is, isn't it? He, he, I, I still maintain that he doesn't offer a, a great deal of technical ability and I think last night showed that really. Um, but again, don't don't just say I'm bashing Yates again because I'm not. They were all bad last night. It, That's It's um, obviously the opposite of credit where it's due, criticism where it's due. We, we don't just have to criticise the overseas signings um, that cost a lot of money. Ultimately, at the end of the day, Worrell and McKenna aren't playing because they've been deemed not good enough. With McKenna, it does sound a little bit of an exceptional circumstance because of his contract, but I think there is a reason why Worrell isn't playing and it's probably because Cooper's sick of him making mistakes. That, there's, there, I think being a good player at a certain level and not being good enough for the Premier League can both be factually correct and I think a lot of our fans don't understand that Um and that's, I think, where warrell I love Scott McKenna. I think, well, Scott McKenna... From the first moment that Scott McKenna's come in, I just thought he'd be my sort of centre-half. Um, and like I say, I wouldn't have a bad word said about him, um, to be honest. But the, for whatever reason, it seems that lots of fans see Joe Warrell and Scott McKenna in a different light. And to me, when you're judging them as centre-backs at this level, they're both in the same bracket. Good footballers show a lot of heart, but not quite good enough for this level. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that.
0: No, I'd agree with that. I completely agree with that. That's, it's, um, yeah, it I must be somebody over, I, I get, obviously, when you lose 5 nil, naturally, the reaction isn't going to be pleasant. But some of the things I've been seeing about the players, it turns out, like, the whole squad's are diabolical, you know, Champions League winners are useless and this, that and the other. It's like, come on, like, I get you're angry after a bad game, but some of the stuff I've seen... Just, It's
4: it's like we've said before, there's no middle ground with our fans, is there? No.
0: One mistake, or, one mistake
4: yeah. and it's they're not good enough like I say if I see the three words not good enough I know I, I'm aware that I keep saying it now even though I'm sick of seeing it but it's just ridiculous like
3: a couple of mistakes oh he's not good enough it, it, come on like that's that's, that's just social media intent, isn't it it is it, it is to it, be fair and it comes from me. it comes from the mainstream media like you know I remember probably half a dozen games ago they were talking on talks about I could Tottenham win the league and then I think they lost three on the bounce, and it was like oh can they make top four now you know they're talking about Villa as title contenders today. They're talking about Man of City because they're not winning four games. They, they asked the question, do you still, to Darren Bent, do you still think City will finish in the top four? Like, come on, you know. Yeah, we know, and I'm going off on a tangent here, but we know like City are relentless come end of the season. It's still a long way to go and it's, that's why I'm not bothered with social media at the minute, to be honest, because when we're in this period of <laughs> negativity, it's just, yeah, people just seem to go a bit OTT, don't they? But you can't blame them last night because yeah, the performance it was, abject, was, a, yeah, it was terrific, a joke, to
0: be honest. Yeah, but um, obviously what what made it worse for some, I mean, was once the full-time whistle blew, Um, like you said, uh, having been enduring Fulham fans, O'laying are uh, for passing after an hour all, with all for- ten of them, yeah. All ten of them, <laughs> forest fans singing, We've got the ball, we've lost the ball, we've had a shot, one shot on target, came in the 80th minute. You know, uh, it, some, of the, some of the stuff I saw and heard last night was you know, you had fans arguing amongst each other about Zangara and everyone else. You had a bloke with a Billy Davis unfinished business scarf. Um, it was just you know, you, you see some sights of uh following the reds, don't you? But, um the thing, I think the, the, the main talking point was straight after the game. You know, you've got Nia Karte trying to get players over. Danilo's halfway down the tunnel. You've got Gibbs-White talking to Kearney and having a laugh of him. Ina talking to Wobe and having a laugh of him. Mangala having a laugh with Castagne. I've got Belgian teammates and swapping shirts for him. Wearing a Fulham shirt when he comes over. You've got um, Murillo talking to Willian. Like, lads, we just lost 5-0. Like, do it in the tunnel. We don't need to see that. Get over, like Keepers right to get him over there, and I think like it says a lot that even despite the fact he was completely shafted by those players, he still held his hands up, keeper. He still took responsibility, and that says a lot about the manner of man. Compare that to Roy Hodgson last night, who came out after Palace lost two 0 at home to Bournemouth and said that our fans are spoiled, and you know it's we are very lucky to have someone like that in the dugout. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on full time because I thought, like, that was really poor. Like, read the room. Come on, boys. Like, I get you got, I get like footballers, no footballers, of course. I get they got friends of the team. Like, I saw Murillo's and and Willian's Instagram stories earlier, how they're praising each other and saying how, like, great it was to share a pitch for each other, sort of thing. But, like, that's you've just lost 5 0. Get yeah. over there make your case and go yeah right.
3: I mean I mean one of my friends put that the um, Vlaka Dimos had liked the post of uh, us beat B- B- 5-0 on the official Twitter and stuff and yeah yeah, like you say Christian read the room because when you're in this period of negativity and we know what social media like nowadays everything gets picked up on and any little aspect of negativity gets picked up on I mean you, you tell us mate you was the one the man on the ground for the bingo card I mean you say near Cate was getting the players to come over, was he?
0: He was, yeah, near Cate was like he was screaming at the nilo. He was and then obviously you got keeper trying to get like some of the others at the pitch. Nia Cate was like, you know you know those um the What's it, it like? The sheep herd of dogs that can run around and like get everyone sheep together, dogs, yeah. yeah, yeah, sheep yeah. dogs. Yeah, obviously, I can tell. I'm, I'm much more of a cat person myself, but um, yeah, yeah Neocarte was just like getting everyone together. He was the one that said, like, you you front this, you come over, which makes me laugh because remember, there was a flat article fairly recently which implied heavily that Neocarte wasn't a leader and it was after no, wasn't he it, it? It was captain yeah. of mine, so he's only captain half a leader, yeah, you know, yeah, but um... it's all right because he's not from not, by the Ilkston. So Boy, no, careful. no disrespect, but <laughs> Ilkerson's
3: Derbyshire mate you should know
0: that. <laughs> Alfred then, them, whatever. But no, um, no,
3: Ilkerson's not in the share.
0: But you know, <laughs> like, it, it's that it's ridiculous. But he was the only one that, like, you know, had the guts to say, "You get over here. You face them. You face the music. We don't deserve. We we deserve everything we get here." And the fact, like, you know, there was um, I saw that one. Uh, what's it? <laughs> Amongst like, obviously, everyone was clapping for Cooper. Really, not the team. But you know they deserve much more vitriol than that. Is that that was like the opposite of Stoke away last uh, under Hughton, where you know, every player was like abused off the pitch. Hughton was booed down the tunnel, and you know we just we lost by we a similar performance but a greater scoreline, and yet they're still well, singing keeper's name. I know. It was I mean, in a final sense, but I mean, no
3: one likes to be abused. so I get it because you're not going to want to stand there and take abuse, are you? But when you're in the professional gamers they are and they get a lot, a lot of money. If it's criticism of the performance, which was a joke last night, you know, I don't mm. agree with personal criticism, but if it's criticism of the performance, sometimes in life you've got to take stuff on the chin. And, you know, this it, it's just out of gamers nowadays, into all footballers and boxers as well, because I'm mean, into my boxing. All they want is praise. And when you give them a little bit of criticism, it's, you know, all hell breaks loose and, you know, but... You know, they had, to t- they had to take it on the chin last night because, as we've we said, we keep repeating itself the performance was abjecting, to use your words, Christian. And, mm. yeah, to, to see him, like, going down, I mean, for you, to see him back going down a tunnel must have pissed you off even more, to be honest.
0: Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first.
1: ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.
2: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
0: Well, yeah it's just like you know just face the music like like Cooper know, just... did that I mean that shows
3: it uh you know give the bloke his due at least it shows it was, it's easy because they were chanting his name but I'm sure they would have been keeping that away and last night he would probably want him gone no you know, probably, probably yeah might, oh. might have been saying under his breath telling him where to go but you know what I mean at mm. least he's had the balls to front up to it and also front up with the media I mean so many managers would chuck the players under the bus, and it would be easy to do that after last night. But he didn't. He took it on the chin in the end.
0: Yeah, like I said, this says a lot about the man and the man personally. Yeah, like, like, even despite being like mugged off by that by players who just decided to stop playing after half an hour, mm. then it's, it's, so very... it's like it's like you know, like office workers don't they? When like I say, this as an office worker myself, like as soon as it hits five o'clock, that's the mess be done. Bye. Yeah. It was that, that was basically the Forest players last night. if they still had an hour to go. Like,
3: it's a sad undoing, mate. You know, we've, all us four on this pod, as have thousands of others, have gone through the brilliant times with Steve and he's given us so much and you're kind of seeing it all unravelling and the undoing with, you know, a selection of players who don't seem to give a toss about the club. It's very sad watching it. And, you know, he's got another reprieve for Saturday, but I just don't see anything different personally. I, I mean, I've got everything crossed and wrong, but... positive is we've only got a day or two now to wait haven't we before we kind of find out but yeah it is it's 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 kind of looks like it's going to be a sad ending it's 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 a real shame i I just think all the stuff at the
4: end there i just think it's a sad indictment of modern day football sadly i mean i'm not going to bash them too much for that sort of stuff i've got a feeling that i look at mangala for example he seems like a decent bloke he's still relatively young I don't think he had... He, he didn't think in his mind that he was doing anything particularly malicious by coming over in the Fulham shirt. He probably whipped it straight over his head. Again, I don't want to defend the undefensible. It's it's a bit it's a bit of a it's a bit of poor practice, isn't it? I mean, you'd like to think that let's say Worrell was in the dressing room, for example. I'd like to think that he'd get in there and say, "Come on, what are you doing? Don't do that in future." And he'd have been like, "All right, I didn't I didn't realise the severity of what I've done." I always think in England we're a little bit more touchy with that sort of stuff, aren't we? Um, yeah, we're
3: very stuck in this tradition. If you, think, if you think about
4: an away game where he's used to in Stuttgart, for example, they don't really have that many away fans. Germany might be a bad example, actually, because I think some gra- some games do have more away they fans than travel others. travel really well. Yeah, so, I mean, but if they've come from, like, the Spanish leagues and that, where the away fans mm. aren't quite as, you know, as forthcoming, maybe, again, I might be trying to defend the indefensible, but I don't think he meant any malice in it. I just think it was a little bit poor form, really. Um Hopefully he won't do that again. But yeah, it's just all the laughing and joking, and that again, they just don't think they're doing anything wrong, do they? I've said it before that footballers, with the greatest of respect, they play football because they were really good at football. That they're not always the most intelligent bunch of people. They're not always taught that sort of stuff. They they'll be taught a lot of media trained stuff in terms of what to say when a microphone shoved under the nose. But they won't be taught how to how to. Act when they've just been beat five nil, and they'll just mm. think having a laugh and a joke with someone they used to play with or they grew up with playing street football with or something, they'll just think it's just oh the game's done now. Um, like I say, a sad indictment of
0: modern day practices, I suppose. Yeah, I wouldn't agree with that. It's, it, I think you know, it was more naive. I think rather than malicious. I think it goes mm. fast, I don't even know. I think, like I said, like those players wouldn't have done that intentionally, knowing it would get a, like a rise out of certain supporters. I think it's just oh, I didn't think too much about that. Sorry. Um, but which is play.
3: ridiculous in itself really I mean I'd expect anyone to be pretty intelligent enough to know that's going to rub people up the wrong way but clearly people aren't just the way it is mm-hmm. like Lee said
0: but anyway that's enough of the game Um, for the time <laughs> being anyway um, obviously we we look we look at Kiefer um, <coughs> well, excuse me who is as he's upon somehow still in the job Um, I, I get like we said it's, it's possibly very short turnarounds and it certainly seems as if um Petit, Gay, and Glasner are the two names in the frame, if you like. Um obviously this could all change if got Forest go and beat Wolves 3 0 on Saturday. But I mean which, can be quite, which would be quite a turn up, wouldn't it? But I mean what was it? I mean I was fully <coughs> goodness me, I was fully expected to go home and see Corner Flag Club statement on my phone. Were you surprised he's still in a job for the press conference today or you think because of the time? Yeah.
3: Probably because of the time, like I've said. Um, I think if it would have been a Saturday to Saturday, I think you need a glass of water. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, if it had been Saturday to Saturday, I think, yeah, I think it would have been. Because it, it's safe to do a, you know, got rid of the guy last night. You know, by the time today's done it, you know, a new manager becoming be coming in Friday. And he's not, he's going to have one training session to work with the players ahead of a Wolves game. It's kind of like, it's a bit of a like a loyalty bonus kind of thing, isn't it? Of, yeah, because of the turnaround, we'll kind of give you one more. Similar to, or not similar, but I, I thought, and I think we all agree, we gave Chris Uton two games too long, didn't we, after we got that point at Derby? Um, yeah. I mean,. I generally can't see it, as I've said, but we'll, we'll have to see, won't we? I mean, it's it's going to be, I'd imagine it'll probably be another team where it's chuck some mud at a wall and hope it sticks. I mean, is, is a draw going to be good enough to save his job? I mean, that's two points from nine against three teams around us. I, I, I don't know what the parameters are. Um, One point, wouldn't it, wouldn't it? We lost to Everton. <laughs> Of course, one point from nine. Sorry, for some reason I thought we were going to get One point from nine, I mean, that's not acceptable, is it? Um, and then you're looking, you're playing Spurs at home, who we you know have done really well this season. And then, to be fair, the game after that's Bournemouth at home, people look at that, oh, yeah, we probably should win that one. Bournemouth have really picked up. Have they won four in the last five? Maybe four in six. So, you know, there's no easy game to see at this level. Yeah. Um, yeah i mean the reprieve for me is just because you know the the closeness of the games i'm not sure if you agree or not lee
4: yeah it's one of the factors i think i think that i got back late last night obviously they'll know that the press has scheduled um causes the owner all sorts of grief if he's got to turn up and explain what's going off doesn't it um not only that but like i've already said it, it just says to me, it would have been the perfect. Because if you think about it now, it looks like the end is nigh for Cooper. But the new manager's going to be looking at our first four or five fixtures and thinking, "I'm not sure I fancy that." I could, I could be, you know, in the mire before I've even got going here. Whereas if he'd have done it, let's say he'd had done it after the Everton game, all of a sudden then, if if someone, let's say, if someone's lined up. They're going to look at it and think, oh, Fulham away and Wolves away. Yeah, they're away, but they're two games that I think we can probably get something from. First two games. And then after that, we've got two of the next three at home. Yeah, one's against Tottenham, but no, they're both at home, aren't they? It's just two in the next two. We've got back-to-back, haven't we? So, yeah, so I think it was it's a, it's a strange one, but I just think it adds adds substance to my claim that I think Marinakis is desperate for Steve Cooper to work. Um, I think the problem now is that he's got to quickly find someone who he thinks can come in and, and hit the ground running, because um it's going to be a it, it's it reminds me of when Friedman replaced Pierce a little bit. um whoever comes in is going to be up against it from the off because well, he's going to replace a man who's ended our twenty three year rate wait to get back to the Premier League. And not only that, but for what he's kind of, the happiness he's brought to pe- back to people's lives and to the city. And he's completely invested into everything to do with Nottingham Forest as a football club. He's not just been a good manager, he's been a good person as well. Um, so that's going to be tough to replace. So I think Marinakis does know that. And I think, yeah, the short turnaround time and just making sure that he gets the right
0: appointment is now going to uh, make it drag out a little bit longer. No, I agree with that. I think that's one of the reasons why I want to stay to the very end yesterday, just because, of like, obviously, it was that was basically like saying goodbye, like you touched upon earlier. It's probably a lot, well, well, I thought it was anyway. It was probably the last time we'll probably get a chance to. Obviously, Saturday will now be that, like, fast before you assume, and buying a miracle anyway, it'll probably be the final time that we get to sort of, you know, serenade him because, like you said, the blokes on so much for us. I think that's where it's sort of like, you know, is it, some of the things I've seen as well have just sort of rattled me a lot. Like, I get. Criticising his tactics, fine. I get criticising selections, fine. You know, criticising how we are in game, fine, because we were very passive yesterday and you know, extremely static. Uh, like we touched upon, we seem to have no real attack, attacking identity without Taiwo. We don't really know what to be doing with the ball. We, you know, we get the ball into nice-ish areas and it, we, we sort of give it to Murillo and hope he can clip it to Alanga and hope it, he, can, he can do something. It's very, very predictable watching Forest at the moment in time. But despite all of that, like you can criticize all those things and that's fair game. But I think what's what's starting to annoy me is like, you know, people who are starting to like be personal with their attacks on Cooper and that sort of stuff. It's like, have some respect. Like, this man's done so much for his football club. He's done so much for the city. He's he done so much for the community. Like, wind it in. Have some respect. You know, like, like yeah, him. like,
3: shots. Yeah. That, that's what I said on um, Sunday one time. I mean, shots. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, get him out. Or has he gone Yeah, And, yeah, abs- you know, fair enough. You can want a change of manager. And I get it. I said this on the pod on Sunday. But, you know, show the guy some respect. At least he deserves that. Now, i seen there was a comment to our pod of, you know, we was discussing... Uh, someone said like we was adding fuel to the flames but you know we, we've got we've got to talk about it because it, it it's it's clearly on the agenda until Let, let's have it right i don't i don't want to talk about him going and i'm hoping you know we we're already talking about replacement and kind of contradicting ourselves here but we're saying this on the basis of what we're kind of seeing on the pitch and what we think is going to happen on saturday god i'd love i'd love again as i said again on sunday i'd love to come on this pod Sunday, after we've beaten Wolves and thinking, well, at least it's all gone away for at least a week, you know, and we can kind of focus on back-to-back home games then, you know, a Friday night under the lights, the atmosphere would be up, all- would if we were to get a win, and then you, you and then you never know in football, but, yeah, it's just, the writing just seems on the wall, um, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, very much so, which is a great shame, but we'll see, strange things happen in football, so we'll see. Fingers but- crossed. Anyway, let's get on to some Slept On It thoughts.
1: Red side of the Trent. <laughs> Slept
2: On It thoughts.
0: Right, so uh, Deck Parsons says it love Cooper, but get him gone and get Lepetica in, or however you say or spell it. We have a good squad, but no direction. and It's hard to watch. Furry deserved that 5-0 loss today. Yummy Bear says, sadly, the five changes seemed like the last act for Desperate Man, hoping something clicked. We just set up the same way we did versus Everton with no real pattern of play, and it showed. Thank you, Cooper, for the best years I've had. I've known supporting Forrest, but the time has come. Uh, Mark Jackson, we're not where we should be. We're where we are because some of the players have decided to down tools. We know how good Cooper is. Some of them clearly don't do not agree. That's a disgrace. What a sad end to a great manager's time with us. Uh, Emily, em, sorry, Emma Hennis, she said I'm heartbroken. Uh, Tom says, the players are absolutely disgraced. Tonight is on the end. Sangara and Dominguez never return to the bench after being hooked. Cooper hasn't helped himself in some matters, but what he had last season, despite being outclassed, mostly was heart and desire. That isn't there. Thank you, Steve. Emma says, gutless performance. Fans are credit. Mangala standing there clapping the Fulham fans in the Fulham shirt. is disgraceful. My heart genuinely aches. Nothing more to say. Sam says, "I don't blame Cooper for that loss at all. While his tactics and selection have been questionable at times, I don't, I didn't think he did much wrong. Realistically, what's he supposed to do when the players put no effort in and just forget the most basic things like staying tight to your man? Honestly, reckon he could have done a better job than I. Right back if he subbed himself on." Sammy Slack said, "Absolutely shocking performance. The players should hang their heads in shame. If that's Cooper's last game, and he got a good send-off from the incredible away support." Thanks for everything, Steve. Great pod by the way, lads. Keep it up. Thank you very much, Sammy. Uh Premier League Elliott says, only thing good about that game was the UA fans stayed right until the end of a five-year defeat to chant Reese. Sorry, start chance <laughs> can't see you. Keeper's name, not Reese. Uh, don't blame Reese for coming off Twitter for a bit, as he's always a pleasure to talk to. Keep up the good work, gentlemen. Uh, ben says, Slept on it. Cannot get my head around the players representing our club at full time. Laugh from your position after being hammered five-nil. It bloody hurts. No pride, no passion. Stuart Clarkson says, Scooper arrived, dragged us by the collar, made us proud to be Forest fans again, helped us hold our heads up high. He captured our hearts and we captured his. Whatever happens, whenever he departs, there'll always be a special bonds. I have to wear my Forest Christmas jumper tomorrow. Of course, it's Christmas jumper day, isn't it? Yeah, unlucky Stuart. Uh, Michael Wright says, I don't get why Gibbs White was benched rather than given a number 10 role. Confused by recent selections, he doesn't seem to have a regular captain and can't lift his team. I love what Cooper has done, that any other manager would be chased out of town for recent results. There's no room for sentiment. Grant Fellows says, all but a couple of those players threw Cooper under the bus. Shameful effort when the manager needed them to step up. First 20 was looking okay, then gifted two quick goals and totally gave up. I fear that's the final nail on Cooper's time here. Manager Merry-go-round incoming. And uh, Carl Booth, last but no means least, gutless performance from the players. Needs to dig down deep and fight for the club and they just let down the manager and the fans massively. If the big man pulls the trigger, that's an awful final game for Cooper. It's not what he deserves at all. Thankfully, he has one more in the bank, at least, and hopefully more to come. But we'll soon see. Obviously, that depends very much on what happens at Wolverhampton. Um, I'm not going to go into player performances because
3: much
0: like Adam, it, did, Adam did the same. Yeah. There's, there's yeah. only so much all time. I yeah. Everyone's got a two out of ten. Yeah. Well, there is one thing I would like to pick up on. And um, Lee, I'm sure you'll have an opinion on this one. Um, Odysseus, Vacademus. So I think that most of the goals we conceded, in fact, all of the goals we conceded, it wouldn't matter what keeper was in for the net, really, just because the chances we're giving away. Like, I mean, take the fourth goal, for example. You've left a Wobi completely unmarked at the far post. And he's got, you know, they switched it very quickly so he's got an open net. But a lot of fans are getting annoyed because it reminds me very much of Dean Henderson last season when we were conceding lot of, lot, lots and lots of goals and people were saying, oh, it's the keeper. They weren't really looking at the quality of the goal itself. I don't think there's... He hasn't done anything wrong think mean, he's any howlers. He hasn't really, you know... I don't look at any of the goals we've conceded and gone, oh, keep them a bet with that. You know, what do you think? Am I being too much on one side of the fence or what? What do you think?
4: No, I, I can see why. I think everyone knows your opinion on the other goalkeeper. So, I think it's good that you've handed it over to me because I'm quite torn on the two of them, to be honest. What I would say is I think both goalkeepers are probably a downgrade on the two we used last season. Uh, I don't think that's unfair to say that. From what we've seen of both of our current goalkeepers in a forest shirt, should I say? Um, but that said, we did manage to get a four-time Champions League winner on loan, and someone who earns two hundred grand a week. Uh, you know, I mean, come on, you are not going to get quality like that every transfer window. Um, I, I agree with you. I don't think a lot of the goals he's conceded are is doing. I mean, look at the West Ham game. I mean, he made that ridiculous save. And then we've defended like a not senior league team again from set pieces and conceded. I mean, I I go back to a point I made on this podcast. It might have been last season. It might have been earlier this season. I genuinely think we have a... And this isn't just supports. I tell you what winds me up in modern day football. This is one of my bugbears. When they don't have a goalkeeper on the panel. So you'll get Gary Neville and Roy Keane and Michael Richards sat there going, yeah, he should save that. And then on TalkSport, they'll have Shay Given or something, and he'll say, oh, no, it's a great goal. You've got to have – it's the same with the refereeing aspect. You've got to have someone who's been in that environment to know what the, the person in question is going through. And I think a goalkeeper is such a specialist position. And some people just – every goal we concede, there'll be someone that says, I think the keeper should have done better. I don't know if that's just a Forest thing. I don't spend loads of time looking on other clubs' timeline. But I, I just get the impression that, certainly in the world of social media, there's lots of people who will say, no matter how it's scored, what part of the net it goes in, should have done better. There'll be someone somewhere that, sh- that, that will somehow find a reasoning for Flacadimos saving Jimenez's first one last night, where it's he's got no chance. Um, so, yeah, I, I do tend to agree with what you've just said. Um I think it's a bit of a conundrum for him because obviously last season when Henderson was conceding a lot of goals, we had NSE in reserve who was very much viewed as a number two goalkeeper. Whereas now we've got a goalkeeper who I know what you say, Christian, he's not played a lot of first team football and he he has spent his career as a pro usually as the number two, but he will have signed for us wanting to be the number one. And he's had a little taste of being a number one. So it's a difficult one because naturally any manager will look at the goals they concede in. Um and yeah, we are losing three and four and five on with Vlakadimos between the sticks. Yeah. But it's it's a difficult one. I think it's I'm glad I'm not the manager having to make it, but I think what is annoying some fans the most about Vlackadimos is he he perhaps does he does seem a little bit hesitant off his line for some crosses. Um, whereas Turner was of the I always got the impression with Turner he'd try and get there even if he had to punch it away. Uh, but it is strange. I don't know if he's just struggling with a confidence crisis as well. Because in the in was it his debut against Villa when he kept the clean sheet? He came for a couple in that game and looked pretty assured. So there, the, you day again. You don't have a CV like Blackademos and not be a good goalkeeper. But again, some of our goal, some of our fans have watched him play for five games and he's not good enough. So.
3: I think it what it maybe is. it may be because he looks a bit calmer, don't he, as well than Turner yeah. for me, in terms of his like his aura. Maybe fans look at it and think, oh, Turner looks a bit more like as if he cares a bit more because a bit more of his aggressive nature. But they just like throw away comments, Lee where, oh, could the keeper done better? I mean, I looked at like some comments on Facebook, and there was people like after the Everton game, oh, just chuck some of the Academy lads in. You know, the Academy lads have just been beat by League Two Doncaster 3 0. Or must, there was one guy, oh, there must be a good striker in the academy. There must be. But I went to watch the academy lads at Doncaster the other night. And with respect to him, you know, Julian Larson didn't get a kick. You know, they, they tried and they, they, they did well for 40 minutes in that game. But experience shows, and this is League Two level, you know what I mean? Not the Premier League. I mean, there's just so many throwaway comments in football without any substance and... You
4: know, I go back to when we had Samba, and we know what Samba was like across his line. He was really rapid, yeah. and he, he made saves that he had no right to save. Yet, yeah, he went through a little phase. I think it was at the start of the when just before Houghton got sacked, he went through a little phase where he conceded some pretty shit goals, yeah, near post.
3: Territory.
4: But, yeah, like he went through a phase of being like, you know, right at his near post all the time. And but then he would concede a really good goal, and people would be like, Keeper again, should
3: save it. Like, <laughs> well, my best example is again under Chris Hughton. I mean people were getting on Lewis Graben's back. Um, you know, We weren't creating nothing for him. I mean, what's a bloke meant to do? A a goal scorer is only good as the people who provide him the chances. He was literally getting absolutely nothing. Oh, what's Graben done today? Well, if he stood up front and nobody's giving him the ball, what what can you do? You know what I mean? So there's just a lot of throwaway comments in football, like I say, without any substance. And to be fair, I've I've, I've looked at the keeper and, You know, it hasn't really been a a a goal where I'd say I'd agree. Where I think, oh yeah, I should have saved that. I mean, the one where I will note is, for balance' sake, is he got away with one against Everton, where he come out and dropped it, which you know was poor, and he thankfully the striker spooned it over. The thing is,
4: I think what fans have. The thing is, with Henderson, when he was conceding lots of goals, we were conceding lots of shots, and Henderson also made quite a few decent saves. Whereas. Yeah, the Liverpool to game is an example. It, it seems to me at the minute where Vladimir is letting goals in, but the, the team aren't having <laughs> yeah. loads of other shots. He's not making he's not a having, save. Not, oh, I've never seen him make a save. Well, there were, and then. He made the one at West Ham, didn't he? And I think I being hard, but then, yeah, you go back to the West Ham game. The, that's the only save I can really yeah. think of him making, that he shouldn't have a right to save. And I think last night, there wasn't really another shot that Fulham had that he had to yeah, make a save yeah. from. It's it's a bit of a strange one. But what I would say, with how much mud Cooper's been throwing, it wouldn't surprise me if he does make another change between the posts. Mm. Um, I, I, I don't I <laughs> don't know. One last roll of the dice. <laughs> well, I, I, mean, I, mean, I hope not as well. I think if you've got a keeper that you fancy as your number one, he plays. And if he's fit, he plays. And I, he, I just he, think,
3: he used- People used to get on Samba's back, didn't they? And now, look, because he's done really well at Lons in a what people would also say is a Farmers League in another aspect, it is like, is the best keeper in the world? So social media is social media. It's just. Yeah, you're life, right. I mean <laughs> it,
0: the same the same people who were like heralding Samba and like say, Oh, we should never let him go, but the same people oh, say get him out leave. of the team for Horvath. They yeah, like well, drop him. Like, you know, it's, football, it's so funny. It's so funny. Before you people,
3: yeah, it's people change opinions on a week by a week basis, don't they? And it, and it's the old yeah. cliche
4: as well, but I've got to throw it in there. If if you're a goalkeeper and you make a mistake, typically you're picking the ball out of the net. Yeah, it's nature of the beast playing in that position. And I think um, sometimes people struggle to kind of use that as a
0: bit of a balancing act, to be honest. No, it's true. But anyway, we'll look ahead to Saturday's three o'clock fixture at Molyneux. See, last year we went and it was a battle of two penalties. We missed one, they scored one and we lost one nil. Um, that was a pretty dismal day at Waller News. So hopefully, this one doesn't get much worse. Although, well, let, I let have. Unless, hopefully, they don't but, put
3: the, um, the social media post up this oh, year. God, what, oh, oh what was yeah. it? Oh, can uh, Yeah, that's it. Dennis with the Wolf Cubs wanted. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <You> know, they, <laughs> if I ran that, honestly. Yeah, I, think, oh. I think someone got a sack this <laughs> for that. Imagine that oh, put
0: that, up, put well. that, up, put that <laughs> up again. Let's go for it. <laughs> oh, oh dearie me. But anyway, um, wolves at home. Wolves away, sorry, Molly. Uh Race. what do you think? Do we have any chance?
3: Well, as you said earlier, Christian football does throw up, you know, funny things into. I mean, I, I generally thought it was gonna kind of throw up of Lopatega going back to Wolves as our manager and it would have been written in the stars, wouldn't it, that it had gone back there with a one and gives white They got the winner. I mean, that would have been, that would have rattled um, the black country, the gold from the black country, wouldn't it? But, of course, we've got a chance. I mean, if we play how we did in the last two games, then no, we've got no chance because I've watched Wolves a few times this season and I'll give them credit where they do. I think they're a decent outfit. I think the, um you know, the manager... Was a bit of well, he was a rookie last season. Still, is a rookie, really, but he did a really good job at Bournemouth, kept them up when, let's be honest, no one thought he would. I know he, he probably you'd have to say maybe harsh. He got given the bullet, and then his basic Wolves have took a chance on him because they're pretty much skint, aren't they? Really, is the real reason. And he's done a good job. You know, every time I watch him, they look they look really a decent team to watch. Um, I think the, the one aspect you could probably say is. The lack of goals, but they seem to have solved that because that Huang Chan, I think, has got eight this season. And you know, I was watching the Spurs game where they come back brilliantly in the last couple of minutes, where it was like, oh, they could do with a striker these, and then they ended up winning the game and clawed it out. And they seem pretty solid at home, don't they? They beat Spurs, they beat Burnley the other night. I think they've drew with Newcastle, Newcastle and Villa at home, beat Manchester City at home. So it's going to be a real, real tough game, um, especially with how we're playing and. You know, I mean, it, I mean, I went to last season's game away. That was an absolute tedious game. I mean, it was decided by the one bit of quality of a player on the pitch that day, Ruben Neves, who was the best player on the part. I mean, I said after the Everton game, I didn't, I didn't think we could play any worse at Fulham and we did. I mean, surely we can't play any worse than we did last night because you'd be going close towards double figures, to be honest, if we did. Um I do think they'll get a little bit of a response, but if we do go behind, which I think we will do, I fear we'll just huff and puff and and I think Wolves will kind of keep us at arms length, as they did, according to the media against Burnley the other night, held them off. So it's gonna have to be 2-0 to Wolves for me, I'm afraid. Because if I went with my heart, I won't I won't I'd be lying because yeah, if I'm a betting man, I'd be lumping on Wolf Saturday, I'm afraid.
0: I am the batting man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very d- difficult to sort of disagree with that, really. Uh, Lee, about you? Do you think maybe we rotate the pack again? Do you think maybe goes back to a five? Do you think, you know, effectively it's, you know, obviously I know he's, he's spoken about how he doesn't want to see it this way because it's not helpful, but it's effectively a 90 minute shootout for his job as such. Do you think he might do something to try and keep it tighter or. Oh, I don't know. Uh... I, I don't know. Um,
4: it's dead easy, isn't it? To say I hope he goes out swinging, but if we do that in the Premier League, I think we'll probably just get picked off. Um, I would. I just don't know who you'd play if we play five at the back because you want your wing backs getting involved, and I just don't see us having. I don't know. The two who one... have been
3: isolated, really.
4: I, su- I suppose with the 2 would weren't they? Yeah, I guess they would, but they're not going. They're not going to come no. in and play. Well, I suppose you, you, uh, you don't.
3: You would not think so, would you?
4: No, um, I don't know. I tend to agree, Rory. So I don't think I'd. I, I won't be telling the truth if I thought we could go and win. I think the best we can probably hope for is to produce a, a defensive masterclass akin to the one at Brighton away last year, um, and hope for a nil-nil. Um, I don't know. I, I, th- I th- I've just got a sneaky feeling we are going to score at some point. Um, I don't know. I'll go for a 2-1. I don't really want to say which way because it, it wouldn't surprise me with how football is for us to go and get a reaction. What I would say is we're going to have to play a hell of a lot better than we did yesterday. And I guess we'll truly see whether that was a, a bit of a blip or if the players have completely downed tools. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll
3: go for I'll go for 2-1 Wolves. It seems like the sensible pick. The the drop off is like usually it's like a steady decline until you get to a point where there's no coming back. But the drop off from the Brighton game has been like literally here, and it's just gone off a cliff. You know because we were losing by a goal, one we, with with respect to two teams who are in Europe, and then we literally fell off a cliff the last two games. Like, there's all, there's clearly something happened to me.
0: I think really yeah, bad. you you're, you're probably right. I mean it. I I agree with because I mean I I said before in i the um the last pods, I don't think that Fulham are a particularly good team. They not will finish really, no. maybe fourteenth at best. Mm-hmm. They are very much a one man side in Pelinho. If he if he if you take him out that team they crumble. And yet you they can you guarantee they won't get five against anyone else this season. No, of course they won't. They no. won't play anyone else as bad as we were. And we likewise we will not play anyone as bad as we were last night either. Like it's just I've like I said, I don't it um saying to you earlier whenever we got the ball, they closed us down within a second. Whenever they got the we, ball, it was four or five seconds before a yeah, fighter we went that. to approach them. Mm. It was just silly. Like, they just like, you know, to to let a team, like, you know, who, if you look at like mini leagues in you know, a prem, where we want to be is a mini league effectively with Palace, Everton, Fulham, Wolves. Um, maybe Brentford. Yeah, maybe Brentford at the top end of it and possibly but, West Ham. Bournemouth, Bournemouth maybe, I yeah, guess. Bournemouth, yeah, yeah. Well, Yeah, and you want to be in that, you are sort of be at the top part of that mini league. And really, any loss to those teams is going to be more damaging than others. So, to lose five nil to one of those teams is really, really bad. So, yeah, something is. I'm not sure if
3: you can remember this, Christian, but it was in the first half. I think we'd just gone one nil down. But Kelvin Bassi had it at the back for them. And he was stood there for probably a good 10 seconds, stood there with the ball, looking. And then we was like looking at each other, and then Riga was like, "Oh, I'll go and close him down." then. I was just like, "Jesus."
0: Yeah, it was good. Really, you've got, good you've got to
3: press at this level. You know that's mm-hmm. why Everton got a lot of joy on Saturday. They pressed, to put the forces into giving the ball away. Yeah, you've got to. Pre- we don't press enough,
0: unfortunately. No, we don't, um, and that's probably explains Adams' prediction. Who just come back to me now. 3-0 um, Wolves according to Adam so no, no room for sentiment at all of him quite uh, the bullet gun. come guy. on
3: Christian predict us to win and we'll end it on a positive note come on you can do it <laughs> I thought Lee was going to do it for us all because there'll be, there'll be people watching and listening to this like look at these miserable bees look <laughs>
4: well, I, did, I did say 2-1
3: but I don't know which way I mean
4: I can't put my hand up and say I <laughs> think we'll win because I'd just be lying um, it's going to take a, another massive
0: turnaround but we'll see I'm I, I I I'm concerned because Wolves, barring some truly borderline corrupt VAR calls, would probably be a top ten sides. They've been really good under on O'Neill, yeah. and I thought they'd, they'd really struggle top like, four. Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> is, is it I, is it
3: seven points VARs cost them? I think it's something sad. like that. Yeah, yeah.
0: obviously they're were, they were robbed at United. They're robbed at Fulham. Like, They'll get all back. twelve penalties back this Saturday. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah that, that'll be just, it yeah every single one seven points
3: would put him joint eight for Brighton. so
0: oh, tell you what if we, if we have that ref again from last night it might well do he was atrocious like like you said sorry, I'm digressing massively but it just felt like every the slightest tap on a white shirt foul and I gets punted into the advertisement hoardings oh that's fair play don't worry about that joker <laughs> anyway um but I don't think do yeah, we can we we'll, even blame the ref for last night no you could, of course we can't it doesn't help though? <laughs> Like, yeah, um, but yeah, going back to Wolves, um, it's it's just like, oh, I, yeah, they're a good team, um, they've been a lot better than I expect them to be, even despite losing people like Nunes, for example. Um, Cunha's coming to his own a bit this season, him and Wang are linking up very well, um, which is precisely why I'm going to go for a 1 0 Forest win against all odds. And um, we'll we'll find a way to shut them out. It'll be five at the back. It'll be ugly. It'll be horrible. It'll be, you know, last on match today by a country mile, about two shots on target the whole game. But one of them will be messed in the back of Jose Sar's net. I'm going to say it now. 1-0 Forest. We'll, uh, we'll end the slump. Cooper will get another chance at the city grounds. That's the positive stand-off. Yeah, that's that's the hope, in it?
3: We yeah, that's the hope. In that way.
0: And hopefully we don't have to do a podcast next week going through a new manager with someone else. But that is for another time. Um, thank you, listener and viewer, um, for tuning in with us today. Sorry it isn't a happy, upbeat podcast, but it's not exactly a happy, upbeat time at the minute. So, um, have, But hopefully I, the next one time. will be. <laughs> Just a final one, Christian. I did put my Christmas tree up there. That was, I thought that might cheer people <laughs> up a little bit. Very festive, yeah. <laughs> Very festive. But yes, hopefully the next one is more positive. We'll soon see. Forests do have a uh, tendency to pluck out surprising result. I think that Christmas tree bad. would have been kicked down if I was at yours last night Lee, watching <laughs> I put it, the, put it up today I only put it up today <laughs> I don't blame you after last night Oh dear me but yes thank you On the same and yeah fingers and toes crossed for our trip to the black country come on you Reds this podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport fan network Talk sport
2: powered by fans away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee In terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.